Hey dudes, welcome back to the 8th episode of the Monthly Lebowski Podcast. Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. This month on the podcast, topics will range from the blank canvas that is the human character to the death of Johnny being the death of curiosity and a whole chunk of entry-level film philosophy and how pretty much everything can be representing God and Jesus. And when you've got God and Jesus, you've also got the devil. All that and more in this episode with my special guest, Mark Windever. This is one of the episodes I've done with a long-time friend. Unlike last month we did with a guy I'd only known for a few months who I would say is a good friend, Mark and I grew up together, much like in the first episode. This is someone I went to primary school with, but before that nursery school, I've, I've known a long, long time. Someone I wanted to get on this because I've known him a long time. He's a really good friend of mine. I think he's a good guy. But he's also one of the most argumentative bastards you'll ever meet, so I thought that would be radio gold to get him on this. And it, it was, it was. He was uh, much nicer than usual, but that's only because people's personalities kind of change when the microphones come out. And also, there were some technical problems during this, so we did two, at least two stop and starts in the middle of this. So I apologise for some of the audio quality in this. I don't think it's that bad enough to... I don't think it's worth redoing again. But another reason I wanted to get Mark on this is because he is one of the friends I know who is proper grown-up. He has the job with the NHS, he has the kids with the wife, he has the house, and I wonder sometimes if that's going to reflect the way people watch these movies differently, if they don't have time to sit and think about this stuff as much as I do. And that's something we're going to discuss, and we're going to find out on this episode of, yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, a monthly Lebowski podcast that's hosted on topatsandcanes.com, where you can get all your entertainment podcast needs, all your entertainment podcast needs, a few of your podcast entertainment needs from. I am running out of guests now, so, you know, uh, check back next month to see if we even have another one of these. Before then, you're here, you might as well listen to this episode, and you might as well enjoy it. very loud commander. I think people when they first do these they, they get like this idea that they have to speak in a different level than they would normally speak. Yeah. So you want me to kind of just speak as I would as normal. As we get twenty minutes in I'm gonna start going, No, no, you're wrong Exactly kind yeah, of thing. that happens. And yeah. then it'll just start spiking and Yeah, but you know I edit around. I have got handy doing this shit now. Mmm, handy. So <laughs> it's just gonna start with you and mmm handy. <laughs> Let's wet my whistle. Mark Edward Windever, as I live and breathe, How welcome to the dog box, which is what we call the recording studio that you're in right now. Okay. It's very nice, isn't it? You can see the, the millions of dollars that have been spent on the recording. I mean, sure, it's, it's high tech and yeah. professional. I'm just confused why you went for dog box rather than dog house. Well, because... the dog house is a thing and a dog box isn't. Yeah, uh, it's it's a reference to a joke that you had to be there to laugh at when oh. someone heard a noise and they the thought and they said, "Is that a dog in a box?" Dog and in we box. went, "Why would there be a dog in a box?" Dead. <laughs> it wouldn't be very loud if it was a dog in a box, would it? I don't know the death rattle. You do get it when, like, you know, the air leaves the body. Like, oh uh, my! So, Ma- thanks. Yeah, Mark. Except the dog. <laughs> Welcome to the monthly Big Lebowski podcast, or as otherwise known, yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. 
in which we discuss the bigger basket and share our opinions on it. And if we disagree in our opinions, we go like, yeah, that's fine. That's your opinion, man. Yeah, that's the whole vibe, isn't it? Yeah. The whole point of that film, in a way. Yeah, but before we get into the film, this is also a life podcast. People need to know about my life. Okay. So how do I know you is the question I always ask people. Basically, I've known you for as long as I can remember. I... Longer? Can you actually remember being in preschool? I can't. I can't even get like. Do we call preschool over nursery? Here? Nursery, that's it. Yeah, nursery. I kind of get like, not flashbacks, but like still images in my mind of like vague moments there occasionally. But my memory is absolutely shocking. So I, I yeah, I can remember bits of primary school, but I can't preschool. Though. I remember the preschool, and then I kind of think, was that a dream or real? And then I remember, no, no, that definitely was there, but I don't remember events. I don't remember anything but faces. Okay, so. You weren't molested in any of these these memories, no? Well, None of the faces that's... are giant clowns hanging over you. Okay, well, I don't know why they'd be clowns. Because clowns are the only people who molest kids, right? I'm cutting all this out. Well, well we're not Catholic, so yes, in our world, <laughs> I suppose it would mainly be the John Wayne Gacy's. Oh, but, and there um... goes my, fil- my three film franchise with Disney. Oh, no. It's a one molester joke. Did you read those, um, those James Gunn molester jokes? Some you of them were... were pretty solid. Some and of them were bad, not, like both think, both offensive, bad, and not very funny. Bad. See, that's the thing. I, I was reading them, kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's 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 offensive humor. Not that you can be offended by it, but I yeah. can see what you're doing. It was just bad. You can't really sack someone for bad jokes unless their joke their job is a comedian. Yeah. And he wasn't. He was a director. So I see. I fail to see the issue. My favorite thing recently is um, they've been trying to get like Anthony Jeselnik. Who the hell is that? He is a stand-up comedian, but he was a writer for several shows, and he is ludicrously offensive. <laughs> like, the only time he tweets was when someone dies, and he makes a joke about their death. <laughs> and um, generally offensive news stories. So, for example, the other day, he just tweeted, saying, like, if you're ever feeling suicidal or anything like that, please call the Suicide Prevention Hotline. And the link it was in relation to was a new story from Florida where man rapes six-year-old <laughs> and then commits suicide. So it's like, wowzers. Holy Christ, I did not see that coming. Exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> Pete, my interest when you said Florida. <laughs> he's he's got a stand-up on Netflix and it's... Oof. It, it, it's so, so awful some of the jokes but i just I, he's just deadpan and i love his delivery but i love the way that people are going like oh he's an offensive comedian look at that tweet it's like yeah mate you're not gonna find one that's good <laughs> general no. his whole career is this yeah. so let's not get it's too excited me. here anyway that's a nice little tangent well, it kind of ties in though because he, i'd say we have the kind of same sense of humor i guess yes you and me are very much of our like old school crew are the ones that would be the same kind of movies, the same kind yeah. of music, you know? Yeah. yeah. We like there was a time we pretty much like if you enjoyed something, I'd enjoy it, and vice versa, yeah. kind of thing. A couple of little divergence, but on the whole, there was a very similar vibe. And then when we talk about stuff, it's the same think, ideologies. Yeah, you'd be like one of those and... f- the first people that I can think of, and like I'd go to it like, oh, Mark, I've just seen this thing called Evangelion. You've got to see it. Yeah. Or you know, like we both started watching Dragon Ball at the same time, and, and other non-anime things as well. But, well, like... anime was the main one. It's like I was watching when I first got into Tokyo Ghoul. I was like. I think Liam would like Tokyo yeah, Ghoul. Yeah, yeah. 
And and you were right, I did. Yeah. And that's something I do like. But this was like this was before Facebook, people. You know what I mean? This yeah. Was this like, was you, actual you had to, texting. Texting. Not and, WhatsApp and son. Yeah. No, no. This is pure like twelve p.m. message. This was this was worth and this it. Was, this was when it was harder to find things, because well, it was also before Netflix. And also, it wasn't QWERTY keyboards like nowadays. You had to press like all two, the letters, like all the numbers. three times for a C. Well. I feel like a lot. Of, I don't know your demographic. Is it our age or is it younger? Because young people oh, go like, "Oh man, what are you talking dude, about? What are CDs?" Dude, this is an old bunch. Yeah, don't worry about that. Okay, good. Well, then again, if they're an old bunch, they'll also go, "What are you talking about with that kind of business?" Because they're too old to understand that. Well, then aren't we hip and young, cool kids? We're the cool guys. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Neil was the first one on this, yes. and of course you know Neil. Because I know Neil, the original triumvirate. Yeah. From the triangle. Yeah. <laughs> All so about the threes. You, you and Neil are the only like childhood friends that have been on this. Otherwise, it's like another part of this is I I watch this movie with people that I know because it's such like a a, a wide spreading movie. Like yeah. you can watch this on so many levels. Are gonna oh that was a fun movie about bowling or yeah oh that was a, a weird movie I didn't enjoy or oh yeah. that was very interesting. No, and that's I, fair. I can't remember why Neil had this in his collection at all, but I did see it for the first time in his little bedroom thing upstairs. There, you know what I mean? Yeah. When was the first time you saw this? I saw it. I remember... I think I saw this about six years ago. In the good old days when you'd go to like HMV and they had like three for 20s and things like that. Oh, and DVDs. Wow. Or five yeah. for 20s or three buying, for whatever. Buying DVDs. Buying DVDs. And you Physically per- buying DVDs. You'd be in there for like an hour perusing the shelves like, right, what else do we want to write? We've got three. We need yeah. another two yeah. to make it 30 yeah. quid. Just throw something else in this yeah. deal. And it was one of those films that... I'd heard so much about, I'd never, I knew nothing of it. I'd heard about it, a lot of people raved about it, widely regarded as one of the best films ever. So I thought, ah, let's take the plunge, have a little go of it. Glorious times. I know Big Lebowski was one of them. And The Big Lebowski was one of them. Like me, you're a fan of bad movies. I enjoy awful movies. I mean, the kind of needs to be a balancing act. Mm. It has to be whole hog awful. Rather than kind of just awful like rather than just like poor acting, the yeah, script's yeah. not bad or poor script. There's, the acting's not awful. There's an art to a good bad movie, isn't there? It's not something you can f- you have to fluke upon it. You can't plan it. You just kind of have to yeah. do a merry dance into it. You can't. <laughs> you just, it's impossible. There's to. a good reason why the room is the best worst movie ever. You know, because it ticks all the boxes of bad movies. I still think Birdemic pushes it close because mm. they've both got stupid music. <laughs> Just random scenes where they start singing a song and it's just ridiculous. Hey, my family hanging out. It's like that yeah. dude that's hanging just out, out, hanging out, hanging out with, with my family. family. That's it. Yeah, having ourselves a party. <laughs> but shut up. Anyway, we've got to talk about <laughs> the Big Lebowski because yes. that is really what people want to hear. It is. It's the whole point of the podcast, I believe. Not so, my history. Yeah, well, that's a different podcast we can do. <laughs> Called Whole Hog, Whole Hogging It with Mark. <laughs> See, that sounds like we should do an over a... Right, this is going to sound dodgy. Sounds like we should be doing an over a spit roast. <laughs> Just like co- cutting off big hocks of ham. Throwing them on a bit of bread. And just chowing down and gabbing away. Jowling away. Coming next month on Top Hats and Canes. Jabber jawing away. The whole hog roast. Shut up. Anyway, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. So, your first time watching it in about six years, yeah. what are your thoughts? It's going to be a very... It's a good film. 
It's a great I, film. It's a good film. Mm, we're already disagreeing. I enjoy it, but I feel like the certain elements that you like, it it doesn't seem to mesh together well. This is a problem people have. Yes, there's a lot of things happening in this movie. But it's not so much the fact that there's a lot of things happening. A lot of films have a mm-hmm, lot of different mm-hmm. themes running through them. This one just kind of seems a bit of a disconnect. It's kind of like you're watching a series of short stories with an overarching theme, which is the dude. I really feel like the problem there is they've done so many things. They put in it as homages yeah. to other noir films that... They've, they've gone like, oh, we need to put that in there because it's a homage. Like, I always said the Jackie Cheehorn stuff could go and you'd be fine. Yeah. But that that's in there because it's a homage to another yeah. noir film. For me, it seems like it's like Treehouse of Horror for The Simpsons. Yeah. There's this basic kind of like, hey, look at these. We're referencing things. And if you get them, you're like, that's amazing. But if you don't get them, you're like, okay. It still works, though. You know, it still, works. All it's, those things are necessary to the plot because they give bits of information. They do, this but is... there's certain things you just kind of like, well, that's needless. Like I just say, the Jackie Treehorn stuff mm-hmm. is like, that's a bit silly. The stuff where the dude is knocked out and he's having the weird dream sequences, they are so little. They're cool, though. They're cool, <sighs> but at the end of the day, the whole point of the it's, film it's is not to be it... cool. Well, I disagree. It is <laughs> to be cool, isn't it? I mean, it's about the dude abiding and just getting by with things, getting on with things. And then they put in these weird kind of scenarios like um, Maud in the Valkyrie outfit kind of thing. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm sure there's some fantastic symbolism. symbolism there. But by the same token, the dude doesn't seem like he's a guy who would give a toss about symbolism. So the Big Lebowski, Mark. Yes. What would you say the genre of the movie is? It's, it's hard to describe because it's film noir. In a way. In a way. In a very clear, big way. In a very clear, big way. Mm. But also, I don't even know what... Because it's not a comedy, it's not a drama, it's not a thriller, it's not a this, that, the other. It's noir, but it doesn't seem to fit right with me. It's a noir. I I read somewhere once described as stoner noir, which is interesting. It's an interesting premise. It's just a... I just say say it's a detective story. Yeah. Because that's kind of what it is. It's... It's about a man trying to find a rug, it's, and all this other stuff gets in the way. It kind of just—it feels like he's kind of just falling into situations. He doesn't actually do any detective work. He literally just falls into these Not scenarios. Into like the last scene where he puts it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Every bit of clue is by complete and utter accident. Yeah, but that's you know it's a way of it's like holistic detective work, yeah, isn't it? But Dirk he's style. not Dirk gently. He's could be. He, no, he's just kind of like, eh. he's a Biden. But then you could argue, is the whole film just the example of fate rather than free will? Hmm. Because basically, he didn't do anything to advance anything. It just happened. So surely then everything's predetermined. Maybe it's more about accepting things as they happen. So that's why we have to just let them happen. Okay. But in that film, there was no moment where he had a choice in letting it happen. It just happened. He was punched and knocked out and dragged somewhere. Mm-hmm. He was dragged into a limo. Um, the way the stuff happened with the fake money thrown at the bag, um, Walter Walter did that. He got drugged by Jackie Trehan. Don't yeah. saying that. Yeah. Didn't really have much of a say in having sex with Maud, really, did he? he no. Never get any verbal no. consent. We problem. even said before it was pretty much a bit of a rape. There. It's quite rapey. 
literally mm. everything that happened in that film was happened because he's abiding, but he's not putting up a fight. He's just being passive. It's just kind of like, fine. But then he's passive because, uh, you know, he says that Smokey was a pacifist. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Anuli's a nihilist. And Walter's a extremist. Mm. Yeah, so all these ists are coming together. And it's one of the, the things that I uh, threw my little theories together in there. One of the little theories that you threw in there. Like all these characters in this movie represent different parts of the dude's yeah. personality. It's either different parts of the dude's personality or rather different aspects of a human's personality kind yeah. of thing. Not just necessarily the dude. The dude is pretty much a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. He kind of slightly mirrors him the people he's talking to. Like when he's talking to Walter, he gets quite aggressive when he's talking with the other Lebowski he gets a bit more grandiose he starts randomly coming out with vagina talk <laughs> when he's talking to Maud so it's just kind of like he's the blank canvas and everyone else is doing an impression on him so everyone else you could argue is a different facet of society or different uh, humanistic trait yeah well, we often talk on this about how uh Donnie, Waltz, and the dude are, like, different extremes of American culture. How, like, Waltz is, like, the angry, fuck everyone, fuck everyone who's different, USA, USA. And Donnie is just the more, like, what are we doing? We're going to war with some guy in Iran, Iraq? What's that? Why are we doing that? Okay, whatever, I don't really mind. I'm here. And the dude is just like, nah, man, uh, you know, passive resistance and all that. But it's it's interesting to think all the other characters could be that as well. Like, the big Lebowski is... Corruption Just, of wealth, yeah, and societal. Know, corruption of like you know societal societal infamy. I guess you know she's like this that this yeah. war Warholian ideal of what these people are. Well, even the likes of the limo driver was someone who's overshares kind of thing, and that could be the kind of oversaturation of information and things like that. He doesn't necessarily need to be talking to the dude about mm-hmm. the rashes and things like that he's got, but he's just coming out with it, telling everyone. And in the case of Donnie, you could even argue. That he's the element of curiosity because everything he said near enough in that film was a question. Yeah, there's no kind of there's a case, like a couple of sentences which is just uh, paraphrasing, but more often than not it is just a question. And then obviously you could argue like, oh, the death of Donny is a, the death of curiosity in America and all oh, things like that. There we go. So then it's just kind of taking things on face value rather than questioning. But that is just looking for a reason to <laughs> discuss things <laughs> yeah. more than anything else. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you watch this movie as many times as I have, dude. Almost as, as many as what women once? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> I remember that yeah, well. Yeah, back in the day when I was doing film in university, and I, 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 I had to watch what women want like seven times to get that essay written. Mm. Crazy. Crazy I've times. I about that in ages, man. Yeah, it's probably Speaking of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of film university, like a very basic read on this film that I haven't actually done until now. I think it's just it's just I've seen it that many times. I've gone back to stage one. The the Sam Elliott character, yeah. Spirit of the West, what was he called? Stranger. Stranger, yeah. What if he represents God? See, I don't know what he represents. He could represent God, but then again, it's not really much of a creation kind of attitude he's got it's more of a kind of well i'm just here to talk to him that is the idea of the god in this because this is a buddhist film so it was not about creation it's more of a well i'm just guiding you on the way if you don't want a lesson that's cool here's a bit of advice that you're gonna have to put some work into deciphering because you can't tell through my thick western accent that i'm saying bear instead of bar 
Is that what he was saying? I think he said bar. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm sure the phrase Egg is bear. Fucking exactly. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, well, then you could even make it even more because obviously Buddhism primarily derives from the east. He's become a bit of overly western, so that's why he's so western. Yeah, that's why when the dude says, "What is that? An eastern thing?" and he goes, "Far from it." Yeah, it's just pure, pure cowboy stereotype. Exactly. Even the sarsaparilla is just like, oh man, this is either just such an obvious metaphor for something, or it's lazy. On other episodes, I've said like he's uh, represents the idea of what America was, and like it's the the romanticism attached to the Western that Americans still have. When when in reality, the West the West was a lot more like Deadwood than it was than it was like you know uh, grandiose and John Wayne movies and that shit, which is what they think it was. But in terms of him being this god thing like i think it makes more sense and again this is really basic film stuff that doesn't really apply to us mature movie watchers the dude makes a good jesus everything yeah. from his sandals to his long hair I, I, yeah i think followers. that is the most blatant of basic but then again they're not really followers they're hanging around him a lot they're hanging around him a lot but in that little dynamic between donnie walter and the dude Donnie's said, definitely a follower. Donnie's a follower, yeah. but Donnie's following both of them. Yeah. So you could argue the dude, the good the and the Walter's the bad kind mm-hmm. of thing. So you could argue it's an angel devil scenario. Potentially. Putting everyone in like a religious role, like you've got your Mary Magdalene as your uh, femme fatale in Maud. Mm. The big Lebowski would be the devil, I guess, because he's like, uh, I guess, you know, pulling the strings. Yeah, and he's got like, like lust because he's got like a hot wife he's greed because he's keeping money you know um, sloth because he's sitting there all day doing nothing well, he is a cripple <laughs> so let's not be too hard on the old disabled <laughs> set that one up um, the only reason I, I feel there's some merit to that is the stranger really only appears to the dude for the first time after he's had this argument with Donnie and Walter and they both walk off together which is yeah. not something we've seen and it's not even something that we would decipher that relationship being because the only thing we've seen so far between Walter and Donnie is arguments yeah. and then they both walk off together and that's when the when the stranger appears to the dude mm-hmm. it's like Jesus being like abandoned in the desert and like fucking wondering what to do next and that's when like God starts talking to him is that how that works in religion? well he chose to go into the desert for 40 days 40 nights does God appear to him in the desert? Or is he, that a burning no, bush? No, he's that's Moses, the burning bush. That's all the same bollocks in it. But what, you know, what I'm saying is, like, it's it's he's finally he's appeared to the dude for the first time when he's at his most vulnerable, when he really needs the guidance. Is this is the idea of like a more Buddhist religion? Like, it's not really like appearing to you, telling you what to do. It's just appearing to you every now and again. Going, but hey, then man. you could always go. Well, why did he come back at the end when everything seems to resolve? Well, he came back at the end to tell us talk to us to say like but that's the fourth wall break that I don't enjoy I don't mind a narrator but why does he therefore need to come onto screen that's just kind of like another well what are you doing why are you disconnecting when you're watching it and Donnie's dying you're like oh shit Donnie's dead that's fucking horrible poor Donnie but the strangers appear into us to say like yeah yeah yeah, Donnie did die but life is swings around about it strikes and gutters but I happen to know there's another little little Lebowski on the way and he's saying like death and rebirth but even then, it's the most kind of borderline condescension from the directors to kind of go, well, let's just make sure everyone knows everything's wrapped up in a neat little boat. <laughs> it's okay, Donnie's dead, but it's okay. Oh, there's a baby I... coming. Oh, 
you're so stupid you go home and have nice times why why do you need that not every film needs everything not every film scripted does, out but and if anything that goes even more against the ideology of the dude why because the dude just rolls with the punches he just gets on with it that's he what do- he says that's that, that's why it's done through a narrator not through the dude but then it also goes with the idea of fate he knows a little about she's on the way donnie's fine yeah it's all yeah. gonna be good well what's what's the point the zero point it's just kind of like making you go oh well the film was all in all for no really it was kind of not for nothing no, that's that maybe that's why we can't find a genre for it because it's so grand yet without purpose much like life it's it's the film version of seinfeld <laughs> it's yeah. a movie about nothing no hugging no learning except they did hug but i don't think anyone learns anything at the end of it but yeah, there's like little, but like another reason why there was a disconnect for me was because the whole film, it's like, this is the dude. This is what's going on around the dude. Mm-hmm. The whole film is set up from the perspective of the dude. Yes. And then there's the one scene where you see Bunny driving. Mm-hmm. Dude's not seeing that. Why is that it's the not. one solitary scene? That oh, can no, be quite jarring. And the um, Swedish lads in the... In the Waffle House. In the Waffle House, and you go, oh, there's the tell. Well, we don't need to know that. We don't. We find out later anyway, because they say, yeah. oh, she's lost a toe for that. That's the first time that girl's even in the film. So it just seems like a kind of another, let's signpost this for you, let's signpost that for you, and let's tell you at the end anyway. Are you accusing the Coen brothers of being bad filmmakers? I'm accusing them of talking down to the viewer. Oh, well... Well, if you compare it to something like um, A Serious Man, which is just like the story of Job, but unless someone tells you that's what it is, it's just a really long, boring, slow movie about a man a lot of bad things happen to. Okay. But you, you kind of need sometimes things to be pointed out to you. It, it's like, like, oh, brother, where art thou? Works if you're like, oh, look, this is the Ulysses. Look, this is Ulysses. This, this is Ulysses. This, but like. The Big Lebowski works on the same levels of like, oh, look, this is the Dharma. This is the Dharma, this. But it also works. But uh, as a movie, it doesn't really work. So mm. you, as just like, where's my rug? Where's my rug? So you need, oh, this this is where that character was. This is why they did that. Yeah. In my opinion. But it adds nothing to it. Because Bunny, we, know, we see her back later on and they go oh she went to spring break okay so why do we need to see her driving 10 minutes beforehand in the case of her losing the toe it explains to the Swedish files later on oh she lost the toe for this okay super we didn't realise there was a woman so basically that whole scene was just to kind of go hey they have a woman friend and they cut off her toe I think the purpose of that scene was to set up before it gets to that so you can go like Oh, hang on, didn't Walt say how easy it would be to get a toe a minute ago? And we all laughed at him for saying, like, no one's going to just get a toe out of nowhere. And like, oh, that's exactly what happened. Walt was right about something. But by the same token, why do you need to show it? Because they're telling you. But if they They, told you in the midst of, like, a scene where there's a, like, fucking car on fire and they're about to go in this big fight, you can sense this tension in the air, then you'd be like, that that point would go right past you. You would even go to the end of the car, like, well, what happened with the toe? See, you mentioned in there about the tension. There was no tension in that scene. It was like, wow, we're gonna, we want the money. We fucked you up. We take some money. Yeah, it's like, all right, we've got no money. And you got what? You're laughing at Walter. There's no real kind of, oh, they're in imminent danger. The fact that they fucking go at him with a sword, he drops the sword and just starts wrestling with Walter. It's just kind of like, they don't know what they're doing. 
And they don't know what they're doing. It's like, I either. fuck you up, Lebowski. <laughs> and he's fucking swinging four dollars at him and a bowling ball. It's like, there's no tension. There's no kind of like, oh, I've, I've lost myself in the moment. It's a kind of, ah, that's, that's, that's just fucking daft, isn't it? So... But before it gets to that, you don't know how how it's going to play out. You know what I mean? You don't know they're going to be waving four dollars at someone before that kicks off. They they could have just gone like, "That's enough of this," and then they could have got big German guns out. They could have, but you're going, "Ooh, tension, tension, tension." But then when he goes like, "Oh, I've got four dollars. How much? You got? Oh, I've got eighteen dollars. Oh, okay. Oh, we fuck you up, Lebowski. Oh, it's quite funny now. Yeah. The tension's just dropping before anything even comes from well, it. Well, yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Yeah, it's not one that I agree with, but that's mm. your opinion, man. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that just goes in line with my disconnect kind of thing. The dream sequences just seem to not be what the dude's about because he's very kind of literal. There's no, like, obviously subconscious you can't control, and I suppose because he's unconscious that's what it's meant to mm-hmm. be, subconscious, but, and his actual innermost desires and whatnot, but it all just seems very, he wishes he was more of an outgoing dancing man. He wants to be a dirty perv. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a certain lack of understanding, isn't there? Like, even like the first when he gets the the ransom notes and yeah. he's he's like he's struggling to read it yeah and like all the stuff with the sexuality with Mard he doesn't really get any of it is that just because he's so caught off guard by how weird Mard is like that's not the kind of person he's going to be socializing with the bowling alley you know what I mean yeah. but then there's you know there's a that's the only a very deep character. unnecessary reading where you can go like it's an extreme sexuality of which he is not used to so he doesn't know how to react what about the same token that's the only female character in the film and Bunny yeah but Bunny no speaking part she has she says blow okay she, has to suck she says blow and there's the waitress she interacts that inter- is it the only actual female character with dialogue decently written mm. is more he interacts better with Bunny, and the only interaction they have is "I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars," which is weird to say. Like he he understands that frame of reference more than someone talking about like the power of the female body and all that stuff, which is what she's going about. How her work's so vaginal, mm. and he's like, "Oh, work! What are you talking about?" Yeah. Something else that I noticed for the first time in this tiling back into that. In the scene where the dude is listening to his answering machine in front of the picture of Nixon. Nixon. In the background, there is a statue uh, of a, a human form. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very shitty metal statue that looks like it's been made shit on purpose. Like, or, or maybe it hasn't. You know what I mean? It's 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 only recognisable as a human form because you see head, arms, legs, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. From there, though, we go to the Big Lebowski's mansion. Yeah. Where he's got similar sized statues of the human form in their classic Greek beauty, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's in between two Fabergé eggs. This is a man who's very well to do. Mm. The, it's the balance there, you know, it shows out those different characters there straight away. Yeah. When we go to Mard's flat apartment, whatever it is though, it's cut up female forms. Yeah. It's it's weird jagged pictures, weird jagged models everywhere. There's, again, it's like the dude's very standoffish, so what the hell is this? This is what these these uh, jagged bodies represent, but there is also a very nicely structured body form made out of jagged parts. So it's one part dude, one part Big Lebowski. Mm. By me, that's why she saw him as like you know uh, an Oedipal kind of thing, an Electra complex, I believe it's called when it's with women. Where it's yep. like, oh, this one is something father-like. Mm-hmm. I want him to fuck me. See, I think it's kind of might be a paradox in that regard because obviously. He's got the same name as dad. Yeah, there you go. That's much but more obvious reading. I he's didn't see. the 
polar opposite of him. Yeah. Rather than just kind of... So, I don't know. I, unless it's borderline, just rebellion. Oh, me and my father don't get on, so I'm going to fuck someone who's a polar opposite of him with the same name and go, fuck you, dad, kind of thing. It's... I don't know. I, I get that reading of it, but it just seems kind of 101 level, kind of. Yeah. You want to do... Oh, you want to create daddy-daughter dynamic that's not the best. Have him sleep with someone who's the opposite of the dad. And that get, I think that just gives more to Maud, but I don't know what the point of her character was. The more I'm thinking about this, the more I don't think I... I liked it, but I, I get less enjoyment from it. Because the same characters go like, well, what are you? Well, Maud was there to take the rug back. We keep straying away from the fact that this is a movie about a man's rug. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, like the the issue with the rug is resolved pretty fucking soon, and it's not resolved at the end at all. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what the movie's about, but it's not a premise that we stay with. But the dude's fine with it. Yeah, because it's kind Has of he learned a lesson. Yeah. Has he done this, that, the other? Blah blah blah. Let him go. But that that does also fly in the face of other podcasts I've done where I've said like, no, the the rug's the most important thing because it represents his life. It's about like the symmetry of his life. It ties it ties the room together. Finding. The rug is finding purpose again to tie his life together. Maybe because he never finds it, he's going to be the dude forever, and that's who he's meant to be. We were talking about fate at the beginning of it. We were, but by the same, I keep saying by the same token as a kind of counterpoint. But um, his life wasn't exactly the most together when he had the rug at the beginning. He was happy though. He was happy, but he's mm. happy at the end without the rug. There you go. Maybe that's the lesson. We're happy when we have stuff, and we're happy when we don't have stuff. Basically, carry no more weapons than you need. That's uh. Bushido Samurai Code right there. Fair point. Yeah, I mean... It's the first time I've had someone dislike the movie more as they talked about it. Yeah, I think it's because when you start overanalyzing, you start picking up faults that you have with it. If you can take things at face value, it's great. As soon as you start looking for meaning behind characters or writing or anything like that, you start picking it apart. You pull the thread and it falls apart. I'll give you like a rug. But oh, nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I don't know what you mean because I I refuse to analyze my neighbor Tartaro. There's a lot in there that you could easily, easily, and easily. I know what the theories are. I just don't want to talk about them because you want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy that cool little forest dude. That's yeah. that's what I watched that movie for. I that's don't want to cool. think about the other stuff. I want to give him a cuddle. Yeah. I don't want to worry about his existence what it means to the fate of the world exactly I just yes. want to give him a big old squeeze I just want to see him do his thing you know what I mean mm. and, get and... your umbrella out sunshine and let's have a gay old time whereas in this I, I've got to say that I, I do enjoy analysing it and I did watch it two or three times before I started thinking oh hang on there's a lot to this yeah. just as like oh this is a cool movie it is a great Jeff Lebowski this is a great Jeff Bridges performance mm-hmm. yeah. it's odd that his name is Jeff and his so that was a, a good conversation about the movie The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. I, I feel like I had more to say, but I was trying yeah. to work out what I feel like there's a lot of unrequited kind of statements I want to make, but I don't know how to verbalise them. I just feel like there's a lot in there. There's a lot to discuss. Just throw, just throw them in. Tick, tick the boxes. As I'm thinking about it, I'm just getting more and more kind of like, well, no, I didn't like that. I mean, I mean, when we watched it, I made the reference to kind of like, it's weird how there's like, seems to be bits of polio in there randomly. Like there's a bit of FDR and 
Yeah, you were saying how the Big Lebowski's office looks very much like the Oval Office the kind Oval of office thing. As well, which like is similar kind of overly layout, mm-hmm. the big windows behind them, so it kind of gives the impression of power and status rather yeah. than anything else, because you can kind of identify it with somewhere else. The fact that he reminds you of a fatter version of an old president in Roosevelt, even the point where there's like him sitting by the, well, him in the chair, wheelchair mm-hmm. by the fire with the blankets over. That's stereotypical kind of FDR look where you had the blankets over his wheelchair so it's a nice little societal reference kind of thing and it possibly explains why he's overawed and you could argue that he's fighting against the government in one way or another in a kind of i want to be a cool unemployed dude Hmm. against the powers that be and it turns out they are corrupt and shit yeah which is another thing but um yeah also the fella in the iron lung iron lung standard polio treatment because you know fucks the nerves up in it well, maybe you were seeing all this because you're like a medical professional. I think so. Like I saw like the Oval Office stuff. I was like, oh yeah, that looks like the Oval Office. Oh, he looks like a president. Mm. Oh, polio. FDR had polio. This kind of ties <laughs> into everything. And then an iron longer pair is like, well, this seems to add more to the weight. When films get analysed, I do feel they're analysed to the nth degree and everyone kind of comes away with like, yeah, that's entirely what they meant. Mm-hmm. And then you'll speak to them and they're like, oh, do you mean that? Yeah, I mean, the, the Coens have said like, Nah, it's not about any of that stuff. It's just a movie about a guy yeah. looking for his rug. Because everyone wants to look art and... Well, all right, this kind of ties into Big Lebowski, which is nice. Everyone's looking for art and meaning behind certain things mm-hmm. when sometimes they just are. Yeah, surface Which value, is the whole abide kind of thing. Don't stress too much about looking for the deeper meanings or whatever. Just own it. Fine. Everything's good. Beautiful. Yeah. More positive than our normal chats. <laughs> well, maybe that's a turn that we've taken over the last twenty plus years. I don't know. The last driving with Mark, there was a lot of nihilism in there. There the usually <laughs> is on that show. The, the very popular internet show, Driving with Mark, available now on YouTube. It's on YouTube now. It's been on YouTube for years. No one ever watches it though, because why would they? Uh, not not promoted. I blame you on that front. To be fair, I'm off Facebook, so I haven't seen the latest one. You're off Facebook altogether now, yeah? Can't be asked. Yeah, good on you. Annoyed me. Good on you. People I don't care about telling me things I don't care about. Oh, you, you've gone full on dad now, though, haven't you? I've gone full on dad, but like I've gone like I got bored with it because it was like, well, I don't really care. You know, you're the first person to be on this who is like fathered. Yeah, you <laughs> you you are the only person that's been in this flat. Got, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, of the you're the only person of the old crew. As that's been in this fat, but of like my scores of friends, which I do have, you're the only one who's been on this that's married, that has kids, that has like proper like cash in hand career, you know, like I mean, cash in hand career, I mean, like a, a guaranteed career I do in, pay in tax. an NHS job, yeah, yeah. Do you think that affects the way you look at anything at all, movie wise? I, mean, I feel like you just fucking love uh, like that, that dog on, on the water show. You keep saying dog on the water. Dog on the water, the aquanaut dog, man. Oh, is that what it's called? No dog in the octonauts, isn't it? I no. thought they were dogs. It's a polar bear, um, a cat, um, a penguin. I don't fucking a rabbit <laughs> and a bear. Yeah. Oh, it makes no never mind to me because I ain't gonna watch it. No hey, man. Dougie is better. Oh, that sounds like a, a, a controversial opinion. There. It's not. Hey, Dougie is brilliant oh. and references Monty Python and Apocalypse Now and. <laughs> nice. 
Lots of random weird stuff to boss. But I'm sure other dudists are going to be like fathers and mothers and all that shit. So, yeah. yeah, whether it's kind of forced upon them like the dude or mm, um, yeah, you go. <laughs> or by choice. But do you think it affects the way you watch? I think it does affect the way you watch things because you start you start not wanting to overanalyze because when you've got the job, the wife, the kids, all that shit, you overanalyze, overanalyze everything in the world anyway. Because hmm. you start thinking, oh, well, that's going to happen. Oh, interest rates are going to go up for the mortgage. Oh, I need to worry about that kind of thing. I need to lock in for blah, 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 blah. You start overthinking. So you just go into certain things like films, like games, like music, and you don't want to pull it apart. It's you just, you just need the escape, basically. You're just watching it. And you just <laughs> want to enjoy yourself. So when you start, you go into a film. Like, I like The Big Lebowski. Like mm-hmm. it less now, <laughs> but I like it, and it's one of those films like you're just gonna sit down, you'd watch, and just enjoy it. And when you start going, ah, well, in that scene he said this, and that represents this. You start going, well, why am I purposely hmm. going out my way to try and pull apart a film I like, or why am I purposely going out my way to look for a deeper meaning? Because my life's constant overthinking anyway i don't want to then take away the one enjoyment i have in movies and tv and games and start looking for extra stuff because well what are you left with that's more than nihilism that's the nihilism right there let me ask you tying into that uh and a question i've been meaning to ask you as someone who's known me a very long time yeah what do you think I see in this movie that I'm watching it so much? Hope. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a hopeful guy. I feel like you enjoy watching the movie because you're seeing a guy who's a kind of situation like unemployed, getting by, blah, blah. And he goes on a fantastic little adventure. <laughs> and at the end of the day, no matter how it's panned out, he's finished the film without the thing he wanted yeah. to start the film and he's still enjoying life and getting on with it so it's a kind of like positive metaphor for the fact that no matter what happens you can always come out the other side and be happy with would it would you say I'm a very doody kind of guy you're a very doody kind of guy yeah. very precious over certain things I but know what? music or writing or whatever kind of thing I know you're quite protective over I'm them protective kind of, of things. things I really enjoy yeah. but exactly. not we all though you know what I mean we all are yeah but that's the kind of thing. So that's what I mean by pressure over. Like I'm very pressure over. Like, well, that's it's kids. <laughs> I guess. I was like, oh, oh God. those I little people in my house children. that look like me. What those, are they? The children? Yeah. Little pricks. Um, yeah. Whereas for you, that's what you get the most enjoyment from. That's yeah. what You enjoy. So if anyone comes in and starts going, well, no, I don't enjoy that. Oh, I'm not paying attention to that. I don't really care about that. You're gonna. It's more of a personal affront to you. It's like if someone came in and kind of criticised my parent's ability, I'd go like, well, no, fuck you too. I'm I guess. my kids kind of thing. That way you're doing your work the way you are. It's cathartic for both of us to do certain things a certain way. That, 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 that is interesting though because that is a, a pretty fair interpretation of me when we knew each other better. I mean, we haven't really hung out as much as we did when we used to live together in the same house, by the way, people. Certainly did. But like uh, the last few years, that really doesn't describe me anymore. Well, that's good. And that, and that has part of watching the Big Lebowski over and over again yeah. reading more Big Lebowski-esque things and learning about Buddhism and letting mm-hmm. go and abiding and all that stuff and mm-hmm. now when people are like oh that shit that I go hey man it's your opinion mm-hmm. 
much like the part of the podcast. It's fucking hilarious that I just clocked onto now that we are the dude and Walter. You yeah. even look very Waltery. It's got to be do. said. I've got the facial hair. Uh, I've and got the you argue the fuck over everything. You're the one. You are one I of do. the most argumentative motherfuckers I've ever met. And I, I, and I am just a guy who's just gonna let it let it go. But also at the same time, when talking to you, will go, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. No, that's fair. I like to argue over things, even to the point where it's like, actually, no, I don't agree with myself. <laughs> And then I go, well, no, I don't, no, no, I'm wrong now. So I'll just carry on, move on. Oh, Mark, it's been a pleasure talking Thanks. to you again. It's uh, We should do this more often. Definitely. But, you know, we're, we're all busy people. Well, you're busy people. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm the dude. I'm I'm a Biden. I'm rolling strikes and gutters. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say to the world while you're here? Um... I don't know, really, to be honest with you. We're very popular in America. Go Vikings! Go Vikings. Go Birds. Go uh, Birds? Who are you? What? That's uh, always sunny reference. Go Birds. Oh. Go Birds. You're a Philly Eagles <laughs> fan, you sucker, jive-ass turkey. Go uh, Vikings! Okay, <laughs> abide. <Let's go. laughs> That's how we end this by saying abide, so abide. Abide. Thank you. Jesus. We got there in the end. Did? <laughs>